Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Wala aqibatu lil-muttaqeen, wala idhwana illa ala al-zalimeen. Wa salatullahi wa salamuhu wa al-ashraf al-anbiya'i wa al-mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'atu sahla. وَأَنْتَ تَجْلُ الْحَزْنَ إِذَا شِئْتَ سَهْلًا اللَّهُمَّ أَعِنَّ عَلَى ذِكْرِكَ وَشُكْرِكَ وَحُسْنَ عِبَادِتِكَ يَا رَبِّ الْكَرِيمِ السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته So I hope you guys are doing well inshallah Well يعني Some of you are doing well Today obviously a uh, a, a shocking day For many people A momentous day for others And I wanted to Um some of you guys told me um, to make a comment on the issue of the US elections and I thought I'd do that quickly before we start the actual lesson and there's a few things that I want to remind myself and um, you all here and then those guys who are joining us online as well um, of some very important things that um, to be honest we must remember and we must instill in ourselves because it doesn't befit the Muslim to do anything but that uh, and frankly, to be honest, uh, I mean, uh, first of all, I should say jokes aside, because obviously, yani here in England, obviously we've been having a right laugh at this um, and making jokes out of it, whatever. And that's because, you know, we like that kind of political humor anyway. And then secondly, because uh, the Americans gave it to us hard, yani when we, when we Brexited, yes, when we did our best deal over Brexit. And so, you know, and we took it like men, stiff upper lip and all that, yeah. And we took it because we deserved it. We were a bunch of plums. We were. We did a plum action. We're suffering. Even after what Trump. Even after Trump. Uh, yeah. And if you thought that we could make a recovery on the pound, it hasn't even moved, right? The damage of Brexit was so much that even our pound couldn't recover. So I thought at least Trump would give us yeah, a bit more extra money back. But it, that didn't even work either. So uh, I mean, you know, it was pretty stupid what we did. Uh, but you know, mashallah. It's always good to know that the Americans will always be even more stupid. So, uh, alhamdulillah. But listen, that's all the jokes and that. Like I said, just getting a little bit of revenge and having a bit of fun at their expense. But the truth of the matter is, is that um, this isn't a matter of joking. Uh, politics has become a big joke in the last X amount of decades. Um, and to be honest, most of the, the greatest comedians at the moment are uh, political satirists and, and their comments on politics. And it is actually probably the, the funniest form of politics at the moment. But um, this isn't a joke because uh, the American uh, US presidential elections were, I mean, we, we watched it for, I don't know, day and night for the last X amount of months and things were serious. And especially when it comes to minorities, the wider minorities, meaning blacks, Latinos and uh, other, other folks, and then specifically, of course, the Muslims. And we have a vested interest uh, in this as people of the West, um, but more importantly, uh, as Muslims with respect to our aqidah and how we, under- how we understand siyasa and politics, I just wanted to spend just a few minutes on just reminding myself and yourself of some of the, the etiquettes of how we respond to something like this. Listen, as I said, there are many, many jokes to be had. I've been saying all day that there are, uh, you know, there's probably enough material in this event to last, Yani, you know, it's a dream. A Facebook writer's dream. Yeah, and you could write tweets for this for the next decade. But um, it is a serious matter because there are people who are in the firing line, a genuine. Um, you know, the situation in America 
is something completely far removed to where where we live in terms of gun control and violence and and the the profligacy of murder and so on it's no joke and in terms of islamophobia then it is something which is true and muhaqqaq in, in, in the USA it's not some kind of theory it's real and there are a number of right wing organizations and extreme organizations that have already, already expressed their delight at the victory of Trump and Trump himself you know is a nutter he's completely insane and um, you know um, there are people out there that are going to be worried uh, schools masajid uh, children and the environment they're, 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 you know, they're growing up in. And I've, you know, I've been reading studies for the last few weeks and today especially, especially those that have been conducted in schools, uh, which have noticed a massive increase in bullying because they've noticed that you're able to, watching Trump and how he deals with you know, uh, political criticism from the media or from other critics and the way that he responds to them. And then his body language when in the debates, very dismissive and very aggressive, and the way that he was responding in his his uh, his uh, uh, you know election uh, his campaign evenings, the way that they would deal with protesters and so on. So there's been a marked increase in bullying, and even more so towards minorities because of the way that he treats them. And likewise, mental illnesses have uh, or, or or the frequency or the reporting of mental problems has increased. Uh, you know. People are genuinely stressed, genuinely worried, and so on. So this is a very, very serious thing that does deserve a real comment. Um, and we've got to ourselves also, you know, know that there's time for joking. I know that there's a time for serious comment. And I think that uh, there's about five or six different points. But the first thing I want to say is this. It's not becoming of the Muslim, any kind of Muslim, wherever they are, to be foolish and to be yani, of low intellect. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given all of insan a brain and we have been honored by that brain. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ennobled human beings, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that we have ennobled the son of Adam with these specific characteristics to use that intellect, and it's a good account. And the Muslim even more so. And the Prophet ﷺ, he told us that whenever we do something, then do it excellently. Ihsan and Itqan are two fundamental principles of our existence. We must always be clever, smart, and strong, and so on. And you know when we get lazy in the way that we comment and the way that we think, then it looks bad upon our religion. Rightly so, we are representatives of our religion. And so for example, like we often made the mistake, especially in the early days after Brexit, saying that there are 17.4 million racists. And for us now to assume that there's like 50 million, or I don't know what percentage of it, how many are actually of the popular vote, of how many people actually did vote for Trump. Well, was it 250 million electorate? Yes. And 25% of the vote, was it? Yeah, so whatever that is, 50, 60, 70 million people that might have voted for him, for us to assume that everyone's a xenophobe and Islamophobic and racist is also ignorant. It's ignorant, it's not factual, it's not becoming of the Muslim to make such statements. There's no doubt that nearly every racist and nearly every xenophobe and Islamophobic yani person did vote for Trump, but that doesn't mean that everyone who voted for Trump was Islamophobic and racist. And as Shazad said to me earlier on today, and it's just absolutely clear, Frankly, this, this, this election and every protest vote is, is the economy stupid. That's it. Okay? It's always about the economy. It's always about people who are desperate to save their job, who are desperate to preserve their finances and to look after their family. And when push comes to shove, everyone will do anything to protect their family. And, and frankly, uh, Hillary Clinton, corrupt, aloof, nothing to do with the people, pulled an absolute number on Bernie Sanders, 
the, the DNC, the, the Democratic National Committee, they completely played him as well. And he was a person who should have gone through and would, would have represented and been a real genuine change to a corrupt system. She uh, went forward with her corrupt contacts and she, and she did not offer any possible change to what people cared about most. And that's something much more than terrorism and foreign policies and Mexicans and rapists and Muslims or whatever. It's all, it's all nonsense. It's what, what matters is the, what people care about most, which is their income and their finances. And in that, there's a very important reminder. Like I said, two reminders. One, stop being so general, so blasé, so, but stop patronizing uh, uh, good people who are desperate to make you know, some kind of change and a protest at what they see as a corrupt system. And we shouldn't just write them all off at the same time. And then at the same time, the second reminder that comes from that point is that we should recognize that in our individual roles, when we react to something like this, we are people who then react and organize and then do things as doing people. And as part of our doing people, you've seen a lot of people saying that we're going to get back more involved in politics and so on and so forth, which is good. And I'll come to that in a, in a minute. But you know what we should have focused on more is that how can we increase the economic well-being of the people in our society? Because our own reality and our stability is completely underpinned and linked to that economic well-being. And this is a reality which happens all over the world in all societies. And if you go back to Bosnia and if you go back to, to other problem areas, you'll see that when people are comfortable and they have no real reason uh, 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 certainly economically to have a grudge and to, be, have a, to, 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 find, to find a problem, then you just take away that one major motivation. Then a person needs to be really ideologically motivated to attack you and to hate you. And frankly, people aren't that bad in general. And we've got to assume better of the people. So ourselves, when we look at our own abilities, when we look at, for example, students who study, they should be thinking, how is it that I can best perform and earn the very best myself individually, financially, but also give back to society? How can I make sure that in my lifetime I'm earning the most, but also making sure that when I pass, I leave all of that because how honorable it is to earn a lot in your life and how dishonorable it is to die with it all, as they say. And we should be looking to make sure that we give back in our lives and in our deaths when it comes back to our community, uh, establishing businesses, uh, funding uh, scholarships, uh, giving people jobs, helping the economy. These are real things supporting charities, supporting food banks and those people who are in need. These are the things that will not be forgotten. So before the political engagement that needs to come as a result of such a shock protest vote, and I don't even mean even if you're not part of a shock area or protest vote, I'm talking across the board, wherever you are, in a non-Muslim community or even a Muslim community, it doesn't matter which community you live in, we have to understand that people, if they feel threatened, they will react negatively always. And so that's something which I think is very, very important. Before we organize ourselves politically before we start to talk about the political system we need to civically socially and economically look at ourselves and our community and make sure that we do not allow those conditions to occur that could also cause us instability as well that's the most obvious point the second point i wanted to say is that obviously this shows that there is that another proof that the democratic system is flawed now from a from a theological point of view as muslims we know that already Democracy is a rule of the people for the people, something which is not legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and therefore, of course, it's going to be as a man-made system, going to be flawed compared to the divine system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's socialism, that's communism, that's yani capitalism, that's democracy, that's liberal secularism, that's every ism other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen, al-Islam. So that's a given. And um, these things just prove it. And I just say that because Muslims mustn't lose, you know, a lot, a lot, you know over the last 10 years, we have lo lost many, many Muslims 
to the, the ideological warfare that cap capitalism or neoliberalism is actually better for Muslim communities because that's what they enjoy and their, and their wealth that they enjoy in the West. And because they don't see Islam and they associate Islam with, you know, backwardness and Taliban and ISIS and whatever, they can never imagine that there is something like a financial system there or a proper system of laws. And so what they take is what's in front of them. And when, you're, when you are faced with that and you live it and you benefit from it, then you start to worship the system itself. And we have Muslims who do worship democracy and liberalism and neoliberalism and so on. And you know what? It's important to remind ourselves when things like this happen, when we allow people to vote, in a system where they shouldn't really be given that right to be voting over important things and the livelihoods and the safety and security of other people. We see that actually people can never be trusted in these democratic systems. And they can really come and sting you. And the fact that it's broken anyway, the fact that more people actually voted for Hillary, not that I could give a monkey's about Hillary, but the people, the popular vote was actually more for Hillary anyway. So not only do we not believe in a system actually in terms of its divine solution or any kind of solution for the people compared to the alternatives, but even when it's applied, it's a system of hypocrisy. It's a system which is frauded and corrupt because Donald Trump shouldn't have won even according to democratic law. And, uh, and the debates that go on all the time about how the vote should be done in proportional representation and which form should be applied and so on and so forth. So that's another point to remember that have some izzah in your own system and your own belief and your own deen. And know that when people come to you and start to kind of talk down at you and say that you people are the backwards ones, you are the women haters, you are the, you are the ones who are violent, you are the ex whatever, and you should be believing in freedom of speech and whatever, you should remind this fool who would dare say something like that to you, that tell me the value that you want me to follow you in. Which Western liberal value do you want me to follow? Your freedom of speech, the one that Yanni, uh, prohibits our children from expressing themselves in cartoons and paintings. Your freedom of speech that, uh, that does not allow me to say anything which is in scripture, the, 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 freedom, the freedom of, uh, of, of abusing, sexually abusing women, attacking them, bullying people, being racist towards people. These are the values that you do, that, that you want to promote. Don't for one second be made to live the inferiority complex that your lives are being portrayed to be as Muslims. This is very, very important. But as a, as a follow-up to that, and it is important to say that we are people of reality. There are no other political systems that we live in in the West. And therefore, um, it is incorrect that our criticisms of democracy does not mean that we shouldn't engage it. And we must, and it's the only other option that we have. And the only way that we can actually make change, because don't think that people are going to change the system en masse, on whole, as some kind of revolution and change to another ism. It's going to remain as this liberal, capitalist, democratic systems across the West. So they have to be engaged. This is not a time for political apathy. And there's anger, there's no doubt about it, but that's the only thing which is there. This was always known by our scholars when they gave the fatwa to it's the lesser of two evils to engage with the system or it's, an or it's an obligation to work within whatever it means you have to make things for the better. Scholars always knew that the sting in the tail. They always knew it was a mess. So don't be surprised by that. So that's another point. The other issue, of course, is just how many, pe how many people are so scared and complaining. Now, look, Trump, forget Trump. Honestly, just forget Trump. I mean, are you, are, are you honestly kidding me? Are we that weak? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, does he at any moment encourage the Muslims to ever be afraid of anything from the dunya paradigm, from anything in our lifetimes or in our life, as the way that we are showing, Yanni, that of some theoretical harm that's going to come from, from uh, Trump and his, uh, his presidency? Now, I know that there are threats and dangers, real threats and dangers, especially for people living in Islamophobic areas in the States uh, that will be empowered now and feel that they've got the right to do things which Donald Trump... Probably, I still believe that I won't even have the guts to actually action, but he's already you know, lit the fire, he's already said what he's got to say, and he's already given the, the people the fuel to believe that they can say and do what they want at the expense of minorities. 
But that fear is not becoming of the Muslim. We only fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is not, there's not a difficulty ever in, our, in, in, the, in the history of mankind that mankind has not recovered from, let alone the Muslims. And you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know when he goes into the Quran and discusses so many stories, stories have a very key function. They're things that people find easy and digestible to listen to and learn from. And when you look at the stories in the Quran, many of them are about, about Bani Israel and Musa alayhi salam and his ability to, to be able to guide his people out of the incre- most incredible difficult situations. And many of the prophets of Bani Israel. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says one thing about Bani Israel. That in the most horrible and the most impossible and difficult circumstances, what happened? That we, we saved the people who believed why? Because they had taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I'm telling you now and every single person who's here and whoever's abroad and whoever's in the States that the only thing that's going to help you, the only thing that's going to help you is your iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to always have taqwa of Him, to always be aware of Him. That's two things. Iman and taqwa. That's what's going to get you out of this. That's what's going to not have the fear consume you. It's impossible for the Muslim to have a heart that's consumed of fear and then to be fearful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of our dunya and our akhirah. Impossible. And so I, I, I send this reminder as well. And I think the final point, and, and that's, an, that's an aqidah point. Really, you know, we can't be lamenting and grieving and screaming and crying. and That's, that's even more depressing than the depression that is Trump. Okay? And then the final thing I want to say. Um, you know, uh, 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 and that's about Trump himself, and I want to say that in two parts. Number one, um, you know what it is? We have a, 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 a politics by its very nature, siyasa in the Sharia, is something which is subjective. It's the matter of the people and, you know, and their opinions. And there are different people who are strong and others who are weak. Some people who get things done. In the Sharia itself, I want you to know when I teach siyasa Sharia, and I taught it in detail, I taught Ibn Taymiyyah's essay on the matter as well, a siyasa Sharia. And I can tell you this much, that from an Islamic point of view, Right? I'm not at all justifying Trump or this or any kind of system. But I'm saying to you, from an Islamic point of view, certainly from the companions, certainly from Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab, you will see that they would rather support a strong man than a weak man. Okay, A strong man is someone who, if there are no good options, a strong man is someone who gets something done. Now, it's not possible for us to always second guess and, and assume and guess and think, you know, how bad Trump is and, and be so depressed. We lived at the time of Bush. We used to think that that was a disaster. We thought that the world was going to end the next day. I look back on Bush, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would cry to have him back. Sah? So, how much did we you know, curse Bush? I look back at some of the things that I wrote about Bush. You know, I can't believe it. I said that he's the most hated. I hate more than I hate. K, uh, what's her name? K, whatever her name is. Uh, uh, Kate Hopkins, a dog. Or maybe I don't, actually. Maybe I hate Kate Hopkins more. But, I mean, you know, the kind of things they say about Bush, I can't believe it. You know, how much... Anger used to have towards him. I look at him now, the guy's a pussycat compared to all these dogs. Yes? And then look at the opposite. So, so who, who knows where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put the khair? And then what kind of trust and madness and love and emotion do we have for the other fool, Obama? Right? Everyone crying and you know, watching him dancing and watching him be so cool. Whatever. What did he do? He killed you know, double the people that George Bush did. He caused double the problems that George Bush did. 
He and he created far, far more problems for the Muslims around the world. More so, the person that we hated, you know, what did they do? Really, the ones that we loved and thought they were going to save the world, yeah, and he did exactly the opposite. So I just want to say that don't uh, second guess any yani, life and reality, and don't put yourself in a position of the lawgiver and the one who knows everything. Who knows what's going to come from Trump? And maybe, maybe, maybe that someone who's open and you know just a fraud criminal, open fraud criminal who telegraphs all his moves and he makes it very, very clear that he's a businessman, he can be sold to the highest bidder, that he's someone who's looking for a deal, who's just going to keep negotiating. Maybe he is the right kind of person that the world might need, and certainly for America. And I, I genuinely believe that from the American economy point of view, he certainly can't do any worse, can he? He can't do anything worse than for the establishment. So for the Americans, from an economic point of view, the irony is that he might change their fortunes far better than other people would, and that might lead to a, an increase in a liberal form of democracy, which even though yani, is against the system of Allah, is where our best hopes are for our own existence. That's the that's the paradox that we live in. We criticize the system on one hand, and then we obviously we feed from it on the other. That's the, the nature of the dunya and the mess that we're in. That's what happens when you live in the West. So I don't mean, you know, uh, 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 we don't know about his foreign policy. Do we care so much, Yani, about, about what his issues are? What about the other things? And this comes to the second point I want to make. Listen, this is the final point. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ said that, Yani, the, 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 the Muslims are like one body, where one part hurts and the other one uh, feels that pain. Okay? Um... I can tell you that the Muslims do not understand this hadith. And you know who really, really do, do not, does not understand this hadith? The Muslims of the West. Okay? Sometimes when I think about it, I was thinking about this earlier on. The Muslims of the West, and I mean Brits, and I mean Americans, you know, whatever. We're so self-centered and selfish. And we think that the world completely revolves around us. Okay? Like as if there isn't another ummah. There aren't another 1.6 billion Muslims in the world, yani, that actually matter. That these, yani, 5, 6, 7 million, 10 million, 15 million in the West are somehow the most important members of this, yani, nation. A nation which is, as I said, yani, hundreds of millions more than what are here in the West. And they're the ones that are going through oppression, death, murder, killing, whatever. And that doesn't matter as much as what cares to us and our main things. And, I'm, and you know, I'm not hating, but honestly, I sometimes think that, you know, if we were a part of that ummah, if we are a part of that body, then I think we're the backside of that body. Okay? And honestly, and every backside needs a good kicking. And this is our good kicking. As a reminder, that you know what? We're not so important in the bigger scheme of things. What if there is some khair for other Muslims around the world? What if yani, the guy who refuses to, you know, he decides as a part of foreign policy that he doesn't want to invade X, Y, Z. He wants to get out, whatever. If he kills all of ISIS, who, 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 that's a brilliant thing if he destroys all of ISIS. I, I, I'd be delighted if he got some incredible secret plan that he's going to do and destroys ISIS. Yazin Dabad if he does. And I'll be absolutely wonderful if he realizes that, you know, the veterans and the, the American army and the resources that are going into it are too much and he needs to pull out and he wants to defend his borders. And you know what? If he bans Muslims coming in, then what's so bad about that either? Muslims are enough there as it is. Khalas, and you have more kids and increase the population over there. What do we need to go there bloody for? And it'd be good, Yanni, that we don't go and we take all our money out. And instead of taking, yani, you know, benefiting them with our money, the money that we can come back to Muslim countries and, 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 and develop things. And develop, yani, uh, uh, develop a future and an identity that's free from an American one. I mean, can you imagine? Shock horror. Yani, why are we imprisoned and enslaving ourselves to an American reality? So who's to know where the khair is? We don't know. And who's to know that who's more important? Our concerns in Britain as people who complain about Brexit or Americans who are suffering directly from uh, Trump? And everyone needs to look after their own. I get that. But you know what? Other people have rights as well. Other people yani, are around the world dying as well. I can tell you right now, 
I can tell you right now, there is grief and crying and tears and Facebook and yani, Allah will be with this and blah, 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 blah. It's not happening in the rest of the Muslim world. It's not happening in Pakistan or in the Arab lands or Twitter of the Middle Eastern Twitter or X or Facebook or whatever. You go back and speak to those people, they couldn't give a monkeys. They're actually thinking that this is brilliant. Get rid of Obama who's killed more, more of us than anyone else has. So you know what? Maybe some other people need to be listened to. Maybe we need to stop being self, self, self-centered and thinking that the world's only about us. Okay? So those are uh, uh, various, yani, uh, a few points that I had that I just wanted to quickly share. It's not becoming upon Muslims to be so weak, to be so pathetic, to be so scared, and to be so pessimistic. That's not what Muslims should be. You know, having a joke, giving a general reminder, I get that. But yani, you know, the kind of things that we're seeing is that, wallahi, that's more, the reaction is more depressing than the news itself. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Any uh, uh, comments or any questions or challenges or anything like that? Yeah? Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us so many times in the Quran. Yani perhaps that you will hate something and it's good for you. Perhaps you will love something and it's bad for you. Who knows? Anyway, jazakumullah khair. Right, so we can do some fiqh, yeah? Let's do some fiqh. You sure you want to do some fiqh or you want to do some more yeah, in politics? That's enough, isn't it? Shall I take it? Where are we now? Where's, where's the exact last sentence that we left out? Where's the last sentence? Being informed by someone who's certainly finished. Yes, Zindabad. Okay, so the last sentence that we said. So last week, what we finished is one has caught the prayer if one performs the opening takbir in its time. One should not pray before feeling that that is very likely, that it is very likely, sorry, that the prayer's time has entered. Okay? So you've got to wait, basically. And how do you know that the prayer's time has entered? This is achieved either by trying one's utmost to work it out, and that's your personal ishtihad, or being informed by someone who is certain. Okay? And credit to, and we made this point yesterday, last week, sorry, that, you know, this, this whole thing about the person who's informing you, they didn't actually mention the issue of Muslim, but it is implied, because when you say someone who is trustworthy and the one who is... Um, uh, what's the actual Arabic? Uh, you know something? I realize that this translation is not uh, not correct. Okay, and and the translation I've translated it as is being trying one's utmost to work it out. That's ishtihad, or being informed by someone who is certain. That's not correct. The translation according to the Hanbalis is someone who is trustworthy and certain. Thiqatin mutiyaqinin. Yani he is thiqa. Now what I was going to say to you is that this concept of thiqa is where we were discussing last week. You know, thiqa means trustworthy. And by default, when the Muslim fuqaha talk about someone who is trustworthy, they mean a Muslim. Because by default, fasiq is the one who is not, the one who is evil. And they put the kufar into the category of the fusaq. Yani those who are criminals or, you know, whatever. So, uh, that's an automatic yani, assumption. Like I said, there is no evidence to do that. There is no evidence to insist that it has to be someone who is a Muslim. Definitely, it has to be someone who is thiqa. Now, here's a problem, okay? Like, if you look at the scholars and what they say, they're just putting this doomsday scenario in front of you. They're putting this doomsday scenario in front of you that you ask this guy, a Muslim brother, right? What is the, has Maghrib entered? And he goes, it has... And it hasn't. And he does it intentionally. He does it intentionally. And the idea is, is that if they do it intentionally, it's the and yani to mock the deen and to attack the Muslims and to cause problems. 
I mean, that, that person is a shaitan. And you can't put the whole, yani, you know, the whole ruling of fiqh based upon yani, one in 1,000. Shaitan. You know what I'm saying? Unless there is a suspicion. Okay, because of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the, the, the same thing. Uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَتَبَيَّنُوا Okay, when, when a fasik brings a, a, a khabar, a information to you, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَتَبَيَّنُوا So then make it, you know, find out whether that's correct or not, or true or not. And yani check it out and ask other people who are more trustworthy, etc., etc. But that's based upon a scenario where there is a fear. So anyway, we discussed that a lot in detail. I don't think that we need to... Um, Repeat that again. So I just believe that even though the person who is thiqa is defined by the fuqaha as someone who is truthful and someone who is a, normally a believer, I don't think there's any evidence for that. As long as you don't think he's lying, then that is yeah, any, you know, uh, you know, that's that, that's fine. And even Sheikh Uthameen indicates. To be honest, we don't need someone who is super expert. We don't need someone who is. Yeah, and he's super trustworthy. As long as you know that he's not lying, and as long as you know that he can tell you, then that's the main thing. Otherwise, you should try your best uh, by yourself. Okay. So then, the next section, then inshallah, we're gonna we're gonna take then. Okay. Um, it starts with where are we then? Awa. Ah. So this is the second paragraph, the second beginning of the second sentence. Yeah, in the English uh, text, Shaz. Uh, yeah. So it's the second paragraph and the second sentence. فَإِنْ أَحْرَمَ بِاجْتِهَادٍ فَبَانَ قَبْلَهُ فَبَانَ قَبْلَهُ فَنَفْلٌ وَإِلَّا فَفَرْضٌ وَإِنْ أَدْرَكَ مُكَلَّفٌ مِنْ وَقْتِهَا قَدْرَ التَّحْرِيمَ ثُمَّ زَالَ تَكْلِيفُهُ أَوْ حَاضَتْ ثُمَّ كُلِّفَ وَطَهْمُرَتْ قَضَوْهَا Okay, that's the, that's the text that we're going to cover maybe inshallah today and if not then next week. So what's that translate as? If he, if this person, he or she, makes the opening takbir based on his, her, ishtihad, and it becomes clear that it was before the time, before the prayer time, then the prayer is classed as supererogatory. Otherwise, the prayer is classed as obligatory. Okay? Then, next section. Prayers are to be made up when, A, or number one, Someone legally responsible reaches an amount of the prayer's time equal to the amount of the opening takbir while his legal responsibility has then ended and his legal responsibility has then returned. Or, number two, menstruation begins and there is then purity. So let me explain what this means, okay? That's the actual translation of the Arabic. Now let me give you like a little bit of a, uh, a, a little bit of a, a working translation that will make you understand this kind of dodgy English, okay? And then we'll go through the commentary. So the first one, if he makes opening takbir based upon his ishtihad, and it becomes clear that it was before the time. Here's a person, he wants to pray Salatul Maghrib. And if the person is praying Salatul Maghrib, not sure about yani, whether the, the time is in or not, but he or she makes that call, okay? That it is, okay? That Maghrib has entered. Then, here's the thing. If they make the takbir, remember, this is the Hanbali Madhab. And they said that to catch the raka'ah, to catch the prayer, you have to at least get the takbir in in the right time. Yes? Once you get the takbir in, it's job done. So if he makes the takbir based upon his ishtihad, and it becomes clear that it was before the time, then two scenarios are going to happen. Basically, what's going to happen is that, let's say Maghrib starts at 4.30. And this person, this person... To get the prayer correct, it should be 4.31, isn't it? Yes? 
then whatever they pray, they pray. But imagine at 4.29, he makes takbir, and the rest of the prayer then in the normal time. Well, unfortunately, the takbir, takbir to the haram, the opening takbir, is where the prayer starts. And if that was made before the time, then it is an invalid prayer. It's not the actual prayer that he was trying to pray. So what's the status of that prayer? That's what we've been told. If it was before the time, then that prayer automatically then converts from the obligatory to a nafal prayer, to a supererogatory prayer, voluntary prayer, automatically. So if you did an invalid obligatory prayer, then it converts into the nafal prayer. However, if you did the prayer on time, then it's an obligatory prayer like you wanted in the first place. That's what that statement. That's what that statement says. If he makes the opening takbir based on his ishtihad, then it becomes clear that it was before the time. Then the prayer is classed as an effort. Otherwise, the prayer is classed as obligatory. Okay. So what do we learn from this? We learn that first of all, that's the the, the humble position. Do we have a position as a class position? Yes, we do. We want rakaa done. We want a rakaa done. So, for example, for us, if a person, if a person, prayed a rakaa. Before the time, it still wouldn't count because it's before the time. All right. Remember, whenever you hear now in the humbly text, takbir, us for our class position, it means, you know, a full rakah. You remember that, yes? Okay. Just in case you've forgotten, let me just remind you. Let's say you haven't prayed Salatul Asr. If you haven't prayed Salatul Asr, and there's only one minute left to go before Maghrib starts, we know that because of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever catches one rak'ah of asr before the sun sets, then he has called asr, meaning that afterwards you pray the three rak'ah. We, we covered it last week, yes? Everyone's happy with that. Now, the Hanbalis and the Hanafis, they interpreted that as only one takbir required. So as long as you say Allahu Akbar, and then the Maghrib sets, then you got the asr in. What did we say? We said it has to be one full rak'ah. It has to be a complete unit. And that is the position of the majority and of Sheikh Uthameen and the class position as well. It has to be full rak'ah. Is that clear? So if you only catch the takbir before Maghrib, then you didn't catch Asr at all. Asr is qada. And then you have to pray it yani, afterwards. Okay? Yani, the prayer is qada. It's not ada. It's not done on time. Okay? Now, how, how are you? what's the only hope that you have of praying Asr properly? That you get there in two minutes, for example, to go and you knock out one quick rakah. That's the only way that you're able to catch Asr, full rakah. Is that clear? Here's a question. This question we discussed actually one or two weeks ago and last week as well. But I did some further reading and checking and I've got some extra information to give. A question is, what defines rakah? Remember we talked about that? What is a rakah? So, what did we say? Someone, some, someone said from takbir, from the Allah, from, well... From Al-Fatiha, back all the way up to the standing position. So when you started from, yani, that's where you finish. I told you that that's not yani, correct, yes? What was the second position we said? Just, just, yeah, just finishing from the tasbih in the sajda. So you're in the second sajda, and you say the tasbih, then that is yani, technically done. Third position was that you actually come up from that sajda, as in finished physically from it. Okay, so that's also a semantic game as well, a semantic issue as well. And I don't know whether I mentioned or not, but there's also the position that the ruku'a, just to get into ruku'a, then that is yani raka'ah. I mentioned that or not, yeah? And I said to you that the majority of the scholars said what? The majority of the scholars, they said the full raka'ah. Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, he stated by the meaning, the meaning of full raka'ah means that you finish from the second sajda. That's his actual statement. And this is what the majority of scholars are on, okay? That you have to get the majority of the raka'ah done. And one of the reasons they say that is because, first of all, the word raka'ah is used, 
which is not ruku'a, so rak'ah means unit. And the other evidence is that in another narration of the hadith in Bukhari, the word sajda is used. Okay? Man adraka rak'atan, or man adraka sajdatan. So the idea seems to be that it's the full unit. However, just for the, for the academic yani, completion, Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti, who is also one of the commentators of Zad al-Mustaqni'ah, what did he say? He said that the opinion according to him, clearly, is the ruku'ah only. And his evidence is very clear as well. Because we know that the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ أَدْرَكَ الرُّقُوعَ فَقَدْ أَدْرَكَ الرَّكَعَةِ That whoever catches the ruku'ah, then they have caught the raka'ah. Yes? And that's yani, normally referring to what prayer? Congregational prayer. When you're praying behind the imam and you come late, then we know that as long as you catch that imam in ruku'ah, and you say Allahu Akbar, and you are able to get into ruku'ah, and into any form of ruku'ah, before the imam yani, stands up, Okay, stands up properly, and you are able to even get in ruku'ah. No, even have to say sajda, uh, tasbih. Okay, if you get into it, then you've caught that rak'ah, and you don't need to repeat it again. We know that, yes, from the congregational rules, we cover that yani, in its right time. So they said that that should also be equally applied here as well. Meaning that, likewise, if you want to catch that single rak'ah to be, to, to, to be considered to have caught the prayer, Okay, then that's the only thing you need to catch is the ruku itself. Is that clear? So I'm just telling you that that opposition exists. What is the most correct one? The evidence seems to be the evidence seems to be split. It's difficult. Okay, this 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 argument that yani you catch the ruku then you've caught the rakaah. At least the argument is consistent across all of the. Uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, in in uh, in jama'ah, we only accept that we've caught that rakaah if we catch ruku. Agreed? Yes or no? In Salatul Jum'ah, I don't know whether you know this or not, but if you miss that second ruku'ah, if you miss the second ruku'ah of, of Jum'ah, if you miss the second ruku'ah of Jum'ah, and you caught the Imam, for example, in Sajda, then the majority of the scholars say that you have to get up and pray four rak'ah al-Zahr. Okay? Now that wouldn't be the case, for example, if you came to Maghrib right now and you caught the Imam before, as alaykum wa rahmatullah, You'd stand up and you would pray three rak'ah, isn't it? Yeah. But according to the majority, according to the three imams, you, and we'll cover this in detail later, if you miss that second ruku'ah, then you have to stand up and your jum'ah is gone and you have to pray four rak'ah of dhuhr. Your, 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 your jum'ah is done. So in these two prayers, we have some consistency. That is the ruku'ah that needs to be caught to get jum'ah. It's the ruku'ah to be caught if you want to catch the congregational rak'ah. And they said that likewise, if you want to catch the prayer before the time runs out, then you also need to catch a ruku'ah. Make sense? So that's their consistency. We say that the hadith says, catch raka'ah, catch sajda, and yani, it's to, uh, to rely upon the ruku'ah only is almost as risky as relying upon a takbir only. But they both have evidences. They're acceptable opinions. But the class position is that you should do the full raka'ah finishing from the uh, second uh, sajda, and that is the safest position, no doubt. Okay? Right. So remember that. Now, Sorry, yes. You get into the second sajda, or you... No, finish from it. Finish from it. Yes. So go up. This is the area of di- difference. Does finish from the second sajda mean that you say, Subhana Rabbi al-A'la, and that's it? Well, technically, that's how the second sajda finishes. It does not technically finish by having to get back up. The second sajda finishes, the second you say Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. Once, because that's the obligatory. Three is sunnah. So once, once you say one to Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, 
in the second sajda, then it is technically finished. However, there's no doubt to be on a safer side, person should be getting up or trying to stand up or something like that. Yes. We're talking about an individual person who's late. Yeah. I mean, it might be, of course, it might be a congregation that's late as well. Because uh, you don't have to the Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's done on the evidence for the Ruku'ah for the Jama'ah. For the Jama'ah, yes, we've covered evidence for the Jama'ah and for Jama'ah. We're not talking about that now. We're saying, we're saying that at least the people who said Ruku'ah, they maintain consistency and they said that for the prayer time expiring, also for the Ruku'ah. We say that the hadith is specific, it should be the full Raka'ah. Okay? Full Raka'ah. Any further questions on that point? Okay. So then, okay, so. Uh, that, that's easy, that's beforehand. Now I'm saying that you have got the time wrong. You prayed Yani Maghrib before it's time. And your intention was to pray Maghrib. So only two scenarios are going to happen. Okay? Either you got, well, actually there's five scenarios, right? Let's, let, let, let's see what Sheikh said. Okay? Uh, the first scenario, this is page 127. Uh, he says, Al Ula, okay? 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 Uh, sorry, beg your pardon. Uh, that, that's that, that's uh, 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 there are two scenarios. Sorry, that could happen with respect to his knowledge. Okay, two scenarios. First of all, first of all, that he knew that he made takbir to ihram before the time. If he knew, is this prayer valid or not? No. no, it's invalid, and there's no doubt about that. Class position. The second scenario is. And la yatabayyana lahu shay'un, okay, it did not occur to him, no one told him, didn't occur to him, he didn't find out ever, or maybe someone else yeah, suggested, but he couldn't find out, then there is no doubt his prayer is correct. So even if he prayed before the time, but he did not find out, he did not find out, then his prayer is correct, because everything that he did was correct. Okay? لِأَنَّهُ أَتَى بِالْعِبَادَ عَلَى وَجْهٍ because he did the act of ibadah exactly as he was commanded to do, and he assumed with his best said intentions and efforts that the prayer time had entered. And it was not made clear to him that it was yani, in, invalid, therefore the prayer remains valid. Bam. Okay? So therefore now we can say after, after establishing that, that there are five separate scenarios for a person who's trying to work out the right time. There are five scenarios for the person who's trying to work out the right time. Either, number one, Surah Al-Ula, أَن يَتَبَيَّنَ أَنَّهَا فِي الْوَقْتِ فَالْأَمْرُ وَاضِحِ تَكُونَ فَرْضًا يعني, The first scenario, he tries to pray Maghrib on time. It is on time. Prayers are correct. He completed a fard prayer. Correct? Yes, everybody? Number one. Number two. It becomes super. He prayed and immediately the alarm goes off, or immediately he sees the sun, then suddenly, and then he realizes that he prayed before the time. Definite. What is the prayer here now? It's a nafal prayer. He has not prayed Maghrib, he's prayed a nafal prayer. He now needs to wait for the sun to set and he'll pray Maghrib. Is that clear? One and two. Number three, he believes that the time has entered. Yani, what did we say? He thinks it's likely. Alright, very probable that the time has entered. Number three, that the time has entered. He, he's not certain, but that's what he made his decision, whatever, and he prays. What is the prayer? Fart. We covered all that last week. Yes. In the second scenario, yep. you pray your first and your second. 
section that you find at the wrong time. You pray three then, or do you pray two when Islam is? Do you know that now it's going to be enough? Or? What a question. What a sick question. So a person he, You have to repeat what Abu Mujahid complained Abu Mujahid is really badly Okay let me, let me let tell Abu Mujahid I'm sorry um, uh, What we will do is uh, uh, So a person He prays before the time Okay And in scenario 2 This is, this is the question about scenario 2 He prays before the time And he realizes And his intentions for Maghrib of course Yes And he realizes that it's before the time what should he do? Does he carry and pray the Maghrib as per his intention? Does he just walk out the prayer, the prayer is yani a waste of time? Or does he convert something to nafal? Okay, three scenarios. If he carries on praying, he prays three rakah nafal. You happy with that? Yes? If he, what did I say, second scenarios? He just walks out the prayer. Yani is, is a, it's not Maghrib, is it? So, khalas, yani. yeah, so he walks out, yeah? I, I mean, uh, Paks, they normally like to give Aslam alaykum wa and they walk off, yeah? Right? But as, I, as I, I've said before in this class, uh, that uh, if you want to exit a prayer, you just intend the exiting of the prayer. You don't need to give salam because the intention is something which has to be constant. And the second that you break the intention for the prayer, then there is no prayer. It's just like, it's, a, it's like breaking wudu. If you pass wind, you couldn't carry on. Yes, the prayer is immediately gone. So intention is exactly like that. Intention and wudu are the same. They're both conditions of the prayer. So the second you say to yourself, if you're praying Maghrib, and second you say to yourself, you know, I am not praying Maghrib. Yeah? Then you are not praying Maghrib. I'm not saying do that to yourself because that's playing with shaitan, yani. That's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of adrenaline shaitani kind of thing that you do. I reckon, honest to God, I reckon the reason Trump won is that there was a whole lot of people who were there about to tick Hillary Clinton, they thought, <laughs> wouldn't it be just amazing to see what would happen <laughs> if we actually just tick Trump? Guess me, I'm telling you, that's what happened. An adrenaline rush, they see all the, yeah, the possibilities. I see a skit, man, a Daily Show skit, that made me laugh so much and he cried my eyes out. I go, that was me, man. If I was voting, that would be me. I'd be like, my pen would be shaking. Just what if? So that's what Swas So anyway, so so second scenario is whatever. And the third scenario is for you to now change your intention and your action and to make it all neat night and nice and neat. So like for example, turn it into a two. Yeah, turn it into a two raka anafal. So we'll call it option one, two, and three. Option one, what do you reckon? Who put your hands up for option one? Which is to continue three rakah maghrib. Okay, which is the text, by the way. And, and, and the humblies are behind that, and only two people put their hands up. Wallah haram. Honestly, unbelievable. This is, this is my respect that the people show the humblies. They said, carry on the prayer, and it will be three rakah anafal, and only two people want, are happy to, to do that. Three rakah anafal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. You go with that, yeah? Okay, inshallah. Game over. So that's three guys. Okay, second scenario walk out. Okay, right. On what basis? Yeah, no, hold on. Sorry. Should I help and and should I help and say all three are permissible or not permissible? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All three are permissible. All right. So that's the answer to that question. I'm saying what should be better. So the vote should be for what's better. Huh? 
But one second, one second, one second. Uh, uh, does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, or have I just given the game away by saying that all three are permissible? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. Well, I didn't even know what I was saying to be honest. I'm sorry about that. But I just want to make it clear. First of all, Hamza, for your question, it is permissible to do all three. That's the first thing. It's permissible to do all three because it's not a valid prayer for what you intended. So you have you have the ability to you know uh, whatever. But there's no doubt that there are some that uh, uh, some scholars felt some of these were cruel, others were better. So now let's debate that. So three people said that better for the person to carry on and pray thingy. Yeah, pray uh, uh, Maghrib as a as a. Uh, Pray three rakah nafal. Option one, yeah? Again, how many people are now? Oh, right, a bit more, yeah? No, no, no. They voted okay. for Trump. They can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once you vote Trump, you can't go back, yeah? So that's one. Okay, option two, just break out. Conditions. Your intentions change. So, In, uh, 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 so uh, okay, all right. So, yeah, intentions change, no salah. So that's second option. Is that, is that agreement? Is that, uh, uh, what, sorry? Don't some people say you can change if, if you're praying and you go to sleep? Some people don't like it. Correct. Some scholars don't like the changing of intention. And others said that when it comes to the changing of intention, it's only permissible to, in, to change from high to low. But not, that, but, but not the... Huh? Downgrade. Downgrade, not upgrade. So if you're praying too soon, now you can't say, this is now my two fajr fard. <laughs> However, if you were, for example... Um, uh, no, that's a black that man. Come on, bro. That's a massive black. Change from Zuhar Fard to Asr Fard. What a shot. That's a sick one. Someone's praying. We'll talk about that in a second, about the Maghrib issue in a second. Yeah. Someone's uh, praying here and then, some, then the, the Jama'ah forms. Yeah. And he wants to pray with the Jama'ah rather than praying on his own. Yeah, but that's a bit difficult. That's a bit different. That could be argued as an upgrade as opposed to a downgrade. No, it's praying in Maghrib to be any fun. He then prays Nafal, finishes his prayer to join the, the Jama'ah. So that's the given the answer away. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So the second, right, the third option then that he turns it into something, yeah, any. Nice and sweet, like a two rakah anafal, because he recognizes, oh, dang, yani, you know, uh, this is before time. So now let me make it something neat and packaged, like two rakah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay? Yani, as a nafal prayer, is there a difference between three and two? No. When it's nafal, then you, when you want your nafal, then you're nafal. So you like number three? No, it's not a question. <laughs> One second for the question. So, to be honest, there wasn't much any of split of votes, but I just want to say that three and uh, one are the better options. Okay, uh, there's a position Imam Malik and uh, the, in Imam Malik's madhab, and they have difference in the madhab that it is at the very least sunnah and in some cases obligatory to finish an action when you start it. Okay, even if the action is sunnah itself. Okay, and that's obviously an extreme position. But I want you to understand that. And that's one of the reasons why some of the fuqaha, they said that if a person starts their sunnah prayer and then the iqamah goes, the majority of the scholars say that you have to break your prayer and join the obligatory prayer because the Prophet ﷺ said that when the, when the prayer is established, it's the only, there are no two prayers. So if the jama'ah starts, you don't have some, you know, pack in the background, you're only trying to finish four rakah and he's on the first one. Yes? 
But there are some scholars, like the Hanafi Madhab, for example, they say, no, you've got to carry on. And the Malikis are also very big on that, which is why they say you don't pray in the mosque, you pray outside, so they don't confuse and, and upset the people. They said that if you start the sunnah, you have to finish it. You have to finish it. So I think that's a bit strong. The point is, is that there's definitely a recommendation. I can tell you now that some of the fuqaha, like yani the modern contemporary fuqaha, they gave fatwa, uh, especially those scholars. I'll give you a classic example, just like Shaz just said. Especially those scholars who said that um, you do not catch the jama'ah if you miss the ruku'ah. Because I think everyone in this room, let me ask you a question. Salatul Maghrib. You come into the masjid and he is just about to give taslim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Okay? Alright? Would you all join that prayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that not because you think that as long as I get there before he says Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, I've caught the prayer? Correct? Yes? And then you'd stand up and you'd pray how many rakah? Three. Is that everyone? Anyone disagree with that? Okay. Because? So therefore you're saying that, so, so, okay, so therefore what would you want to happen for this person? So he doesn't join at all. And then does what? Praise by himself? If he was to join, does he get any reward of the prayer? Okay, so there are a number of scholars that said exactly that. They said that there's no prayer if he does not catch that last raka, uh, the last ruku'ah. So in a maghrib prayer, if he didn't catch that ruku'ah, then there is no prayer. Do you understand? Yep. So it doesn't matter. And therefore, for those scholars, and there are a number of them, and Shaykh Uthameen is from one of them, okay, he said that then, therefore, a person, yani, it's up to him whether he wants to join the prayer or not. Especially, because now it's gone. Yani basically, the ajr of the jama'ah, he basically said, and, and these scholars do say that, and they've got a point. They said that even if the person sits down and does attahiyatulillah with them, only, he doesn't get the reward of the jama'ah. But if there's no other option, then he should continue, because at least he'll get some reward. But if, they said, if he knows or believes that there's going to be someone who's going to come and they can pray a jama'ah with them, a new one, second jama'ah, then that's what he should do. Do you get the point? Okay. And then back to the question that Hamza uh, 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 pointed out, okay, or Shaz actually, that if a person is in that tashahud, is it permissible for this guy when he hears people coming in to then break the prayer to then join the new one? You get the point? Okay. And what the scholars said, they said that no, he should get up and he should pray nafal and then join the new jama'ah. That he should get up, uh, finish a, a prayer, so two nafal, one nafal, three nafal, finish a prayer that you've started and then leave and then join the jama'ah, the one that is the new one. Do you understand? Yeah? That's a downgrade though. How's that a downgrade? He's he, picking up a full new jama'ah. Well, he started for a prayer. But it's not with jama'ah. So you can downgrade, you can't upgrade. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's in a fourth prayer. But the intention was a fourth His prayer. intention was fourth prayer. In jama'ah. But it's his obligatory prayer which he's entered now. Correct. Oh, no, no. His prayer is valid. In terms of if you're talking about whether this guy who comes so late, yani, and first of all, as we said, there's... You know, there's a big difference of whether he caught the prayer or not. Massive amount of scholars are on the opinion, and we're going to come to that later, that if he catches the man before the taslim, then he's caught the prayer. 
And if not the court, the actual prayer, because court the prayer, Ibn Taymiyyah has a, has a whole chapter on idrakat, yani, the different types of catching. Okay? How you catch the prayer, how do you catch the jama'ah, how do you catch the reward, how do you catch the late prayer, you, it's like, I think he called idraki, idraki, idraki or something like that, yani, he made his own little plural. Yeah? So, um, there's, there, you can catch the maghrib in terms of catching the reward of the jama'ah, and that would be before taslim. There's catching the maghrib so that you catch the actual prayer so you don't need to make three rak'ah back up. That's catching the actual maghrib jama'ah as a legal technical catching which is different to the reward catching. Do you agree what I'm saying? Yeah? So he's caught the maghrib prayer whatever happens. The question is now, but this guy has lost out on 27 times reward of congregation. Now he hears the jama'ah being prepared in the background. Does he want to get 27 times reward? If he does, and it would be a good idea for him to do so, then he should then finish that prayer, finish a nafil prayer off and join that. My own personal opinion on this, I'm not going to tell you. Or I'm not going to use it to confuse you, okay? Because I disagree with all of that. All of them above, okay? But that's something else. Yes? Okay. Right. So, yes. The reason I mentioned the second option I've been to lead salah. Is because sometimes you might be sinful because of time, because impermissible time, for example. No, no, we said normal, yeah, and he walks into a masjid and the Maghrib Jama'ah is just normal at the beginning time. Oh, sorry, no, your, your question. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. I apologize. You're talking about Hamza's original scenario of the guy who said a prayer before. That's also a very good point. That's also a very good point. Uh, Abdul Nasser said that. Scenario two, possibly a very good option as well, especially if you are praying during sunset. So you, if you realize you're praying you know, through sunset, then you should stop anyway. Right? Because, yeah, honey, you know, uh, uh, so that's good. However, the response to that is, is that once the prayer starts beforehand, it's not an impermissible prayer. The whole idea, of course, was that you either had it in the right time or not. If... You're, if there is a fear that he's actually praying at an impermissible time. Like for example, Dhuhr ta Asr. That's not impermissible, is it? Yeah? So it would be applicable only in a time where there is an impermissible time issue. That's a good point. Okay, so which we gave two, three scenarios? Yeah. So the third scenario, as I said, is that for the high probability that the time has entered, then the prayer is a fard. Fourth scenario, it's a high probability that the time has not entered. Then it's not permissible for him to then uh, 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 to, to 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 pray the prayer, yeah, and it because that's messing about, isn't it? So it's not going to be fard at all. In what situation would you know that you've prayed it too early? Because it's not. Like I don't know. Someone tells you, isn't it? Someone's watching you. Said, "My mom does that all the time." My mom does that all the time. You know, my mom, yeah. Like, like I think, like all pack moms, yeah, they're they're talkers. You know what talkers means? They love to talk to you in salah. <laughs> Anyone got mum like that? My mum all my life has been talking to me in salah. When I was a kid, she talked to me in salah. She'd be saying, I see you, you stupid boy, I see what you're doing. No, make that takbir properly. Make ruku properly whilst I'm praying. Full conversation. It's only, subhanAllah, many, many years later that I realized she's proper full in, proper, uh, fulfilling sunnah. Instructing people in salah. Because most people would think, how can I speak to someone in salah? They're in salah. But my mom was the exception. She openly speaks. And I know that if I'm praying, for example, like, you know, if uh, you're praying late, she'll come in. She goes, wow, that's that a Muslim. Yeah, and that means, 
Yeah, straight to your face. You'll say, whoa, this is the time for prayer? <laughs> yeah, and it's not just speaking, but a little tuck as well. So, speaking and a little tuck. And they might say to you, uh, uh, that, uh, you know, they did the munzway. Yeah, and you call that a prayer? In the salah. So, yeah, man, people, my mom would tell me that this is a temunzke. Which prayer are you exactly praying? The barakhullah, the muslimish roshi, prayer hasn't even started there, what are you doing? So, there's many ways. Your alarm, for example, goes off for Maghrib in your second rakah. Come on, bro, today is a thousand ways. Yeah. Intentionally, in, intentionally, according to some scholars, for Maghrib prayer, that's a very specific scenario. That wouldn't apply here. Yeah, and those scholars have said that you are not allowed to pray nafal before the Maghrib prayer. They meant that in a very organized, specific way that leads you to delaying the Maghrib prayer. Not this one, because you are actually intending to be praying Maghrib, and you're right at the beginning time, and there's plenty of time for Maghrib to be prayed. Yeah. So that's what's going to come in just two seconds. So the fourth scenario, yes, he is ab- nearly certain, not absolutely certain, not knows, he's pretty certain that the time has, that it's not entered and he's praying, therefore he's not allowed to pray because that's a joke. And then the fifth one, what's the fifth scenario? Come and tell me what the fifth scenario is. No, we've done that, that's number one, isn't it? Number two, that is. That's number two, man. Number one was that you definitely know that you are in the time. That's a fard. Number two, you definitely know that it's before the time. Then that's a nafal. Yeah, well Yeah, that's true. You said I said, the reason then I said number two is that. Huh? You said the reason then Yeah, two is nafal. Yeah, and how call nafal? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. So what's the, diff- so what's the difference? The second one is, he knows for definite that it's not prayer time, but then he starts praying. No? That's a good point actually. That's also a very good point. Okay, let's just repeat these points again. The first scenario, it becomes clear. Okay? It's a good point that you made because and and, and but I translated it in the in the fit mudari. It becomes clear that the time, prayer was in the right the, the uh, in the right time. Yeah. And after in the right time after Maghrib. The prayer is fine. It's fart. Scenario two. It becomes super clear to him that it was before the time. Yeah, so not intentionally, correct. Yeah. So that's nafal. Third scenario. He made the best decision and then he prayed and afterwards there's nothing to disprove it. But he can't 100% be certain. The prayer is fart. Okay, as we, as we mentioned yesterday. Then the fourth one is that he thinks, so you're right, this is now he's thinking, that the time has not entered. So he knows, he's thinking, and I, I'm pretty sure that the time has not entered. Then it's not allowed for him to pray even. 
Because that will be yeah, istihza of the religion. You're trying to mock the religion then, yeah, and you're playing around. Yeah. And the fifth one, then what's the scenario going to be? What did you say? Someone say something? No, no. No, no. Shak. Correct. There's doubt. Alright, so what happens then? If there's doubt... It's like the fourth. Correct. If it's, if, it's the, if it's doubt, then it's exactly like the fourth. Because we said you can't rule on doubt. Especially, especially when it comes to prayer time. Why did we say that? Why did we say you can't rule on doubt, especially with the prayer time? No. What's that? No, 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 no. Or so, principle, I said. So, if number four, he was, he was certain it hasn't entered, and it's invalid, it has to be repeated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, he didn't pray in fourth. He's not allowed to pray in fourth. He has to wait for the time. Okay. Yeah, because he's pretty sure that it didn't. You said he's not allowed to pray when someone is in doubt. Correct. So, why I'm saying why? You need to be certain that the time has entered. Correct. You need to be certain that the new time has entered because what is certain is that the old time is still there. Does that make sense? What was certain is that يعني, in both, يعني, uh, both versions. Okay? Do you understand? Certainty cannot be overturned by doubt. And what is certain is that we're in Asr time. So how can you have doubt about something and then overturn what is certain? That's a well-known principle. And so the fifth one, if you have doubt about the entry time, then one can't pray. Yep, go on. What if um, you're not sure, but when, uh, two minutes after you've prayed, um, you look at the time and you know you've prayed in time? You've prayed in time? Or you've prayed before the right time? You're not sure. Uh, you weren't sure about the time you prayed, and then you realized that you was on time? Yeah. That's a good question. That's a scenario that we haven't thought of. What do you think? So you weren't sure about the time, and then it was time. He prayed anyway, and it was the right time. It's a valid prayer, but is it a good action? No. It's not a good action to, to do. Well, would you not say the very fact that he entered the prayer with the doubt would be go above that 51% of the last How would that be if he doesn't know? We said that doubt has to be 50%. Because anything above 50% is then likelihood. Yeah? So if he has doubt, he shouldn't really enter the prayer. But let's say he did, as Hamza said. He entered the prayer, and then afterwards he found out it was all fine anyway. Well, you know, that's, that's, he's fulfilled the conditions. It's a valid prayer, yeah. Does that not change your intention? The, the, the way you pray, if you can, he, so, so it does. That's why he shouldn't have entered the prayer. Okay? He shouldn't have entered the prayer. It's not, the, it's not necessarily the intention. It's the condition of the time. Okay? Now, the shirt, yes? You said that last time, you only need at least 51%. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, you shouldn't enter on, on doubt. Okay? Now, um, the sheikh says, how is it possible that a, this is the question you guys have been asking, an obligatory prayer turns to an afil prayer when you, when you intended the obligatory prayer? So how can it change? And the Prophet ﷺ said, The actions are only by intention. Who's got an answer for that? The Prophet ﷺ said, Actions are only by intention. So you have to have an intention for an action to be accepted. 
and you make the intention for a fard prayer, and we're saying that if it turned out to be before the time, it automatically turns over to a nafal prayer. How is that possible? Yeah. Situation changes, but what? What? Uh, how, how, how are you going to justify the fact that you've changed the niyyah? Yeah. With that, yeah. Okay, therefore? So my question, no, what, I, what, I, what I'm saying is that how can we justify accepting the position that it's okay for an intention to change automatically for the prayer to suddenly move in status from obligatory prayer, which is what you intended it to be, and then it becomes a nafal prayer whilst you never intended that change? Remember, we're saying that after you finish the prayer, you found out that you prayed before the correct time, and now your prayer is a nafal prayer. So the prayer changed. It doesn't matter what your intention is if the time isn't right. No, we said it's a valid nafal prayer. Rather than void. Rather than void, you've come out with... You, yani, how is it not voided? How did you come out with a valid, with a valid prayer? Yeah. Is it because the intention to pray was that from the beginning? Nearly. That is the that that is that that is the that is the correct answer. But why though? But then no, your logic would would indicate that the prayer should be invalidated. So that's fine. Therefore, good, good, good. You've given enough of the answer, like Senna did. So that's the same. That's a, that, yeah, but I haven't got the full answer. Yes. No, 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 no. I knocked that straight on the head. You just knocked that straight on the head. Yeah. Legal answer. Yes. No. They, remember, we found out afterwards. He didn't change the effort. He finds out after he's finished the prayer that the time is uh, wrong. He now has to pray fard prayer, but the prayer that he just prayed wasn't lost. Is it because of the fact that Allah never wastes good yeah, that, that, is, that is the precursor to why we're even having the discussion, correct? You're correct. Yeah, he, otherwise, we wouldn't even have this discussion. And the answer is basically what's been said. Because actually, when you, it's a good point Shepherd Thirmin makes. He goes, oh, when you intend the Maghrib prayer, you have two intentions. You have the intention for prayer and you have the intention for Maghrib. What you lost was the intention for Maghrib because you prayed before Maghrib. What remains is the intention for prayer. And so you get a general prayer out of it. A basic generic prayer which is called Nafal. Yeah. I've never heard specific, specific evidence for this. There isn't a specific evidence. Is the, is the reason that they have to do this kind of ishtihad because of what, what, uh, what was mentioned? Because of, where's thinking? Yes, a good question. Because you know what? No yeah, there isn't. In fact, in fact, you know what? That's a really good question. I'll tell you why. Okay? I'll tell you why. Because Sheikh Uthameen makes a discussion out of this point. Look what he says. Okay? He says, uh, he goes that the, the person he makes two niyas. 
Okay? The niyyah for salah and niyyah that it is a fard. So the niyyah that it is a fard, that becomes void because it prayed before the time. So what remains is the fact that the niyyah that he made for the salah is a salah. And so therefore we should mention a qaida. Okay? So it's not going back to something proper, it's going back to a maxim that jurists made up. And to be honest, I've been looking at this for one hour trying to work out to translate it. And now that you've yani, given me another headache, I'm going to have to translate it. Okay? So he said, I'm going to mention this qaida, he said. Okay? He goes, This is important. Yani, it links exactly to your point that the jurists made up this fuqaha. They said, so that's the poem, or that's the that's the, the maxim. Okay? The second part is easy to translate. The first part, I think there's a word missing. Okay? I think Meaning my, my attempted translation And I tell you right now That it could be wrong The obligatory prayer Automatically converts to nafal When it is absent Meaning when the fard is absent So let me say that again The obligatory prayer Is in brackets Because it's not mentioned in the line I'm having to assume that's what it means The obligatory prayer in brackets Automatically converts to nafal when it is absent. It is the obligatory prayer. The second line then gives two examples. Such as, for example, the missed prayer that wasn't missed and the obligatory prayer that was prayed before its time. So I repeat that again. Such as the missed prayer that wasn't missed and the obligatory prayer that was prayed before its time. Yeah, no, no, that that wasn't missed. Okay, like the like the missed prayer that wasn't missed, and the obligatory prayer that was prayed before its time. So let's just now. So you've got that written down, yeah. So now you know the principle. Let me explain it, okay? Because even though I don't know how to translate the first part, this principle is well known and easy to explain. Okay, what the principle says is that uh, the first line is that the obligatory prayer, when it's not actually an obligatory prayer. It becomes a nafil. That's the first line. Okay? What, I.e. what we just said. Because we said that when the guy prays Maghrib before it's time, it turns into a nafil. And why did it turn? It automatically converted. How? Why? Because it wasn't actually an obligatory prayer. What's your evidence? Because when you make a niyyah, there's two niyyahs. One niyyah for the prayer. One niyyah for the obligation of the prayer. Okay? Actually, Pax should know this. Arabs won't. Maybe some Arabs won't. But Pax mostly are big on their niyyah. Yes? There you go. There's the evidence. Even the Arabs have a version, but they don't use it. What was the version that you remember? Okay, look. No, no, no. Go ahead. No way to. Salatan. Salat al Maghrib. Salat al Maghrib. You see? There you go. You see that? It fits with the 
the way that people make the niyyah. When you make the niyyah, packs the world over, Africans, Arabs, whatever, when they make that niyyah, that verbal one, which of course has no basis in Sharia, there is no verbal one from the Sunnah or the companions or anything. But when we do, we make it clear that we're only, not only we're praying the prayer, a prayer, but we name that prayer, we mention its units, we mention Isi Imam Piche, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we even say Qibla Taraf and we even say Sharif as well and if it's got some weird takbirat with it then Chiyay Takbir Kisat or something like that Vajib yeah, and we've got all versions for it so the argument of Sheikh Uthameen is, is that when you make a niyyah actually you're making multiple niyyahs so you miss one niyyah but you get the other so it's actually a logical point but anyway back to the Qaeda he's saying that if uh, when you miss a obligatory prayer, uh, 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 then it converts. If you pray an obligatory prayer, but it wasn't an obligatory prayer, then it converts to nafil. Such as, and he gives two examples. Such as when a person he prays a missed prayer, but it wasn't missed, i.e., maghrib prayer. Oh my God, I forgot to pray maghrib. It's now isha. Okay? Sah? He prays Maghrib. Soon as he finishes praying Maghrib, Mrs. says to him, What was that? That was Maghrib. You plumb, you prayed Maghrib an hour ago. I saw you. Do you understand now? Yani like the missed prayer that wasn't actually missed. So now the question is, what's the status of the prayer that I just prayed right now? Remember, I had the intention for Maghrib, Fard, yes? But I already did that. So what's the status of this prayer now? Nafid. So that's the first example. And then the second example is uh, The one that we just said. So a fard which you pray before it's time and then you realize it was before it's time the prayer is not all gone, it turned into a nafid. Does that make sense everybody? Yeah. So those are the uh, two examples. What's that? He gave a discussion about automatically converting to nafid. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's different. That, those, those are both intended. That's something very different. Yeah, if you're praying at home, Isha, and then you want, then you go to the masjid to pray, whatever. I mean, there's definitely bid'ah. I know that about that, Yanni. Okay. I don't know, Yanni, what kind of spe- don't know what kind of spe- special. Oh, you you said I read at home. No, no, no. You did. He said I prayed Maghrib. Oh, no, no, you didn't. You said I prayed Maghrib half past six. No, no, I actually said I prayed Maghrib half past six. Yeah. I assumed yes. which Bagal Masjid is going to pray half past six, Yanni. That's why I said. And so I assumed home. <laughs> so I made the mistake, Tiga. Okay, so I think that, that, that's enough for that. Okay, any questions? And then we can um, close up. Don't ask me for modern day questions because we did that at the beginning. Yes, Hamza. Last week. Yeah. Uh, when you said that you couldn't make an exception, you knew that you were going to miss a prayer, and there was like an exception where you could pray in advance. So, so, so say it again, say it again. Oh, right, you mean, yeah, uh, uh, extraneous circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Is it better to pray in advance and say, well, I'm definitely going to miss my first off, then I'll the dollars, or should you make it afterwards? What's the better position? If There's no doubt. There's no doubt that it is not permissible to miss a prayer. And when push comes to shove, if a person is 100% impossible to pray, then he combines. There's no doubt. Yes, no doubt. Yeah, combining meaning, combining at the beginning time of the first prayer. But I mean, that's got to be an absolute certainty that you can't pray, and it's got to be obviously rare, etc. And he's got to be very careful that doesn't become a habit. 
Yeah? Yes? Is there a verbal intention for each surah? There is no verbal intention for any prayer. Then how can you decide if you're Just imagine. <laughs> Just believe. Yeah, I said there's no verbal intention. There's no imam. You don't think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what you came to the masjid for and who the imam is and where which direction you're standing and then then uh, Islam give like you, you can say it, if you don't know you can different direction you can read in the bar, but you Yeah, I mean I'm assuming that you're standing in the right direction, yeah. I mean if you're standing upside down then that's something else. But I'm assuming that you are standing the right way. What's the what's the what, sorry? What's wrong with saying that? Because because what we're then suggesting, what's wrong with saying that intention, is that we're suggesting that we know how to pray better than the Prophet. Because it's not a it's not a business matter, dunya matter, it's not how I put my socks on or what colour coat I wear. This is the salah, isn't it? The Prophet said, Sallu Pray exactly like you see me pray. So we are not allowed to add or subtract anything from his prayer. So when we say that we need to make an intention before in this way, we say this is clear bid'ah because that is then assuming that we know better. So what you're saying is the Prophet, peace be upon him, didn't this, uh, he was playing Zohar, he has the intention for Dhuhr, he's never ever articulated that intention. There is no intention for, dhuhr, for, for, uh, uh, for, fast, for praying. There's no verbal, spoken intention. Neither in Arabic, neither in Urdu, neither in English, there is no spoken. I know that the world learns that. I know that the whole Pakistan is going to have a heart attack when they hear that. But the whole world does it. Don't worry, it's not just Pakistan. Every nation does it. And it's a long story. Why? And we'll come to that when we discuss it in a couple of months, I think we'll get to it. Yeah? But, uh, yeah, you know, most acts, of, most acts of worship, most, yani, um, do not have verbal intentions. Some do and some don't. Hajj, for example, does. Uh, wudu does. Zakah doesn't. Fasting doesn't. Salah doesn't. So we have to be very specific. Wherever the hadith indicates it, we do it. Wherever the hadith make it clear that there is no verbal intention, then we shouldn't be arrogant and assume that we know better. This is the point. I can tell you 100%. In fact, not only can I tell you 100%, there is not a scholar in the world who will not be able to tell you that. All of them, even the ones who tell you the intention and teach you the intention, they'll also admit that there is no verbal intention in the sunnah. But what they've justified to their people is that it's better for you because you then know how to control your prayer. That's nonsensical. That's nonsensical. The Prophet ﷺ also knows what's best for us. And if he, we, if he knew that we would have a problem, then he would have told us. <laughs> yes. That's right. Well it, well, it, well, it does make a difference, isn't it? Because what we're saying is that it's obligatory to have the intention for, for, for three fars. You must have the intention. So we're in agreement with that. But when a person says, but I will say it, we will say, then why don't you then make three iqamas as well? And two azans 
and pray five rakat and change everything else as well. Yeah, and meaning that when it comes to salah, when it comes to acts of worship, we never add our own yani additions. This is the masla. Yes. Yes. So the first one was invalid. Okay, so you prayed Maghrib uh, tw- twice, but they're both invalid. But the, one was not. Can you make up for the first prayer you missed maybe years ago? Okay, so the issue of making up prayers is something different. Okay, uh, and and completely not linked to this at all. But when it comes to making up prayers that person has missed, yeah, any lifetime prayers or when they started practicing and then they didn't pray, okay. Uh, for the five ten years before then, then there are two opinions. The opinions are the first opinion is the opinion of the four imams, and that is you have to make up every single prayer, and that every single prayer can be made up any way you want. So you either with every single prayer you add another prayer, for example, or you find empty periods in the day and whatever, and you just start knocking them out. You make a rough calculation, and just tak 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 yani, okay. And uh, that's the first position. The second position, which is my position, my taught position, is that there is no making up of the prayers after the time has expired, after a period of time, time. Meaning that, yani, you know, for example, if you missed the prayer last week, then it's one thing. But if you haven't prayed yani, before, before, like five years ago and so on, then the chance is gone. The prayer is invalid to repeat again. And this uh, needs to be made up for a different way. And the way that it would be made up for is number one through tawbah and fulfilling all of the conditions of tawbah and it's a very serious and very difficult act, tawbah. And number two, that it needs to be replaced with nafil and sunnah, sunnah nafil prayers. Because the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith which is authentic, it's narrated by Ibn Hibban, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment, when he reaches into the obligatory prayer to judge it, it will be deficient. And so he will tell the angels to take from the nafil bank all the nafils that the person did. And then everything then will be taken from the nafil to complete and fix both quantity and quality of the obligatory prayer. And the Prophet ﷺ said that every other act of worship will be treated the same. So Ramadan will be fixed from the tatawah, yani from Ashura, Dhul Hijjah, Shawwal, Mondays, Thursdays, three days of the month. That's why it's very important to fast extra. Zakat will be fixed by Sadaqah. Hajj will be fixed by Umrah. And other actions will be fixed by their voluntary version. Their voluntary little brother. Yes? This hadith is authentic. So, a person would not then make up those prayers, make tawbah and increase in nafil. And the nafil will be general as much as possible. And it would include everything and anything that that person does. This is also the position of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. It's the position of Ibn al-Qayyim, al-Jawziyyah, Ibn al-Qayyim, Jawziyyah. And it is the position of probably the majority of the contemporary scholars. Yeah? Haji. I did one for another, but probably one in his life. No, because the Prophet ﷺ, he encouraged the Muslims to make Hajj as much as possible. And Nabi ﷺ, there are actually a number of narrations where the Prophet ﷺ said, 
that the Hajj it eradicates poverty. Make regular Hajj because it eradicates poverty. That's right. The minimum is one in a lifetime. As a minimum, yes. Correct. It won't be a fard hajj, no. But it has been told to do by the Prophet. Yeah. So if you miss salah, um, if you years back, you yes. the position that says you have to pray all the salah back. So can you go for umrah and then pray one raka in the haram? Which is equivalent to 100,000. <laughs> that's, what, that's what all the packs dream that they can do. And that's, and that's, and, 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 and that's what all the packs do do. And, and uh, who knows that that is, you know, isn't the solution. I, I think, I mean, that's what we all do and we all hope and pray for, but that does not stop the people yani, having to make sure that they add yani, salawat in normal times. It's a, it's a risky strategy, isn't it? It's a risky strategy. But yeah, technically it's possible. Yeah. Um, just to go back, you know, if say for example you going to pray, you start the dhuhr. You started dhuhr. And straight away you think, is it in time? You know, there's a clock behind you or something. Is it okay to quickly check the clock? <laughs> <laughs> is it okay to break? Is it okay to break your salat? Check the clock so you're certain. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's that's two that's two separate questions. No, I don't mean check behind and then carry on praying. That's, I don't think that's allowed. For. Well, so to, to break the... So the sister saying, can I... And, you know, I, I've started the Dhuhr prayer and I'm doubting whether it's in time. So I know there's a clock behind me. Can I check? You're definitely saying behind. You're not in front, yeah? Behind or on the side where you have to, like... A proper move, yeah? A proper move, yeah? I like your question. I like it, yeah? So there has to be a proper turn to have a look at the clock. Your question was easy, okay? The other one was more difficult. Which is, uh, can you break the prayer and whatever? And the prayer shouldn't have started anyway if you had doubt. Yani, yeah? And yes, you can break the prayer and look at the clock because you'd be in doubt all the way through the prayer. So you would doubt, look, and then you'd start again proper. Okay? The question is, uh, can you actually turn and have a look in the prayer? Okay? Um, I think that the movement is, is, is okay. Okay? I think the movement, there's space for that. Right? As long as it's minimized... And the hate of the prayer, the, the style of the prayer is not yani, changed too much. But I wouldn't advise it because people should not enter the prayer in doubt. And once you start looking at the time during the prayer, you're encouraging people to pray when they have doubt. And that's unacceptable. We cannot allow people to do that. People have to worship upon certainty. Yeah. So, back to the intention. Um, if you tend to vote for Clinton, you actually voted for Trump, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. To the attention. So this due intention splitting business, yes? Supposing you just move in the normative state, you're coming to pray, mothers, but that's it. You're not in your mind splitting them at all. Yep. You're not even attending enough for prayer at all. Yes. Yeah? So this post hoc splitting business. How's that work? How does that work? Yeah, because, so Shazad works a good question. How can you split something when you didn't create two in the first place? And the answer is, is that by default it's two. By default it's two. When you... Yeah, so once you have, it's like, because there's no way that I could support the evidence using a bid out of a verbal intention that people made up, yeah, because that wouldn't be a support, but it was illustrating to people how the, even one intention is split up into different aspects. So once you automatically make the intention for Maghrib prayer, you are automatically stating, 
it's a prayer, it's, it's maghrib, it's obligatory, etc., etc. There are a number of multiple intentions there. As Mu'min said, this is, this is a very contentious point. There is no direct, clear evidence, only an indirect kind of, you know, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ إِمَانَكُمْ As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. Yeah? And there's a consensus that that, was, that this ayah in Baqarah was revealed concerning salah, but not normal salah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that indeed Allah will not yani, let your good deeds go astray or go to waste. That was revealed in Surah Al-Baqarah to the companions who had passed away and had been praying towards uh, Aqsa. And the Qibla then changed after they passed away and they were upset. They said that our companions, they were praying the wrong direction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sent that verse down that he will not waste your deeds. Now, that is a general principle, yes, but is it a direct evidence yani, for the changing of yani, something to downgrade? It's not. And that's why Shaykh Uthameen, and actually all scholars, they make it very clear, the methodology is going back to a qa'id, a fiqiyya, as opposed to an ayah or hadith, whatever. And so, yeah. If you, if you notice that your prayer was invalid for some reason after its time has actually passed, yes. I was taught with for example, yes. that you shouldn't even think about it. Correct. So, so there's a difference. A moment saying that you know that I was taught that when you have basically messed up a prayer, not fulfilled one of its conditions, and you find out afterwards, then you shouldn't think about it because uh, uh, you when know. The yeah, after oh, out of the time, not 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 when the action. Yes, yeah, yes. This is a big. This is a big discussion. We have to discuss that later. Yeah, that's a that's a massive discussion. That's a massive discussion. Okay, Bob's yeah. In terms of time-wise, in terms of when you find out, where where does it go to? Does it go to Isha time or let's say the following day you speak to and say that the prayer was out of its time? Yeah, out of its time. So this scenario, we are gonna assume that whenever you find out. Okay, in this scenario. The time limit is that, and when you would find out for certain, then, and that's why I said there's a difference between a person who intentionally misses the prayer and a person who doesn't intentionally miss the prayer. It's almost like a double jeopardy kind of situation where, uh, jeopardy? Does jeopardy refer? That's wrong. What's the phrase when you get hit twice? When you get punished twice? What's that? Double what? No. It's double jeopardy. You know when you get sent off and you give the penalty? Is that called double jeopardy? <coughs> It's not double women. There's a phrase there, man. There's there's a legal phrase. Hamza, there's a legal phrase for that. What is that? When you, huh? It is a double jeopardy. Yeah. So that's double jeopardy, right? Okay. So double jeopardy is is that if a person was to miss the prayer, intention. Sorry, if a person was to miss the prayer intentionally, at a previous time, he doesn't make it up. But a person who misses the prayer by mistake, he's forced to make it up. Anyway, I don't know if you I don't double jeopardy or not, but yeah, he got he got he, he got hit, yeah, isn't it? He got hit for doing the good thing. That's my point. No, didn't come across, did it? It's okay. Sometimes not all of my great statements pull off. Yes. Yes. Correct, and then you'd have to repeat the prayer, correct, exactly that, exactly. If you had the wrong intention behind someone else, the prayer is enough, and you carry on, and then you would have to pray again. Because you're too far into it, 
then uh, you can't change it. There's a discussion about what about changing on takbir to the ihram and that, yani, like right at the very, very point, at the point, massive discussion. That's for later when we talk about it. Yes, last question. But you don't see the change of intention, I mean, different like not salah, but for example, Allah SWT in the Quran, do what they do or something, and put in the salah. Once it's in the Quran, so if you're changing of intention, if somebody's in debt, you give the money to them, then you give the time to the person, but if you can't, then you give them, have the intention of sandaqah, once in the Quran. There's no doubt that a person who has lent someone some money and wants it back and then changes, you know, uh, the intention afterwards, that's something good. But it has nothing to do with this chapter. No, it's Again, it, it, it's not, it, you, they, he was not obligated to maintain that one. The intention was not yeah, any dependent upon it. He did another act of charity. The first one was an act of charity. Then he followed up the second and a better act of charity. It's not a change of intention per se. I mean, it's, a, it's of course a change of intention because it's a change of action. Yeah, and it's a whole different act yeah, and afterwards. But it doesn't, doesn't play a part here. And the learner is best. Okay, guys. Jazakumullah khair. Um, quick reminder to those folks uh, in Birmingham, there's a second weekend of Fiqh Salah for those who want to attend just that. That's the entire Fiqh aspect of Salah. Fitna Tafsir Surah Al-Imran will be in London, 9th of December. Sweden the weekend after and then the second the third week I believe of January inshallah in Scotland that has just been announced that's the tafsir surah al-Imran barakallahu fiqzakum wa khairu assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh subhanakallahu wa bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik